podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We're so honored that you joined us today. It is our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. All right, well, welcome back to the Living Your Dash podcast. And uh, hey, Rick, we usually, I don't know, I kind of usually start off with something that's kind of funny or cute, but I don't feel like we have a a need to do that because we have a lot to talk about uh, in today's podcast. Um, Rick, you just finished a a message on keeping a positive attitude uh, out of Philippians 4, 1 through 9. So um, you mentioned uh, that after a sermon like that, uh, focusing on having a positive attitude, some people may have questions about depression. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's very often whenever uh, whenever we look at that passage in Philippians 4 where Paul gives a command, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice and uh, pray about everything. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. But very often it, it does confuse people. They, Sean, they really genuinely want to rejoice but they just can't get there. They just can't feel that abiding joy within. And very often it's because they're suffering with chronic depression. Mm. So I think it's important for people to realize that I, I, like, I like to look at it this way. Uh, is it a, is a, if you don't have joy, is it a spiritual issue or a medical issue. Okay. And I really believe Paul is addressing there a spiritual issue that, hey, if you're uh, having trouble with a positive attitude, if you always tend to be on the negative side, then you really need to turn things over to God in prayer. But the people who try that and with all sincerity come and they say, you know, I've tried, I'm doing what Paul said, but I can't seem to pull out of the fog. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in an airplane, you're caught in the fog and you just, you can't pull out of the fog. Very often, that's a red flag saying, this is not a spiritual issue, it is a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over the years, just in what I have read from um, medical people and psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, Sean, if your uh, serotonin level is depleted, mm-hmm. all the Bible study and prayer in the world won't change that. Yeah. Very often, you need medication. You uh-huh. need to go see your doctor. It would be, it'd be like, let's say, Sean, for example, a person has diabetes. Mm-hmm. Would we ever go to that person and say, listen, I know you're a diabetic and you take insulin, but why don't you get rid of the insulin and just... Study your Bible 30 more minutes a day. I'm sure that'll cure you. (laughs) Mm. Now, Sean, am I right? You have high blood pressure. That's correct. How would you feel if I came and said, Sean, you don't need to take those two medications for your high blood pressure. Um, You just need to pray more. Uh, I'd say you're off your rocker. Yeah. (laughs) What you would be pointing out is, no, Rick, I have a medical issue not a spiritual issue. Yeah, I think that sometimes we 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 put this false opposition uh, of faith versus science, and I I don't think that that that's that is a false opposition. Uh, so if I find out that I have a, a, d- a disease, if I have the the flu, or if I have an infection, uh, I yeah I'm going to pray about it, but I'm also going to ask the doctor, hey, can I get an antibiotic? 
Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and again, we're back to the, is it a spiritual issue or a medical issue? Now, that doesn't mean that if I say, well, I've got a medical issue, um, that I cannot do anything about it. Maybe with my medical issue, I need to, I need to watch my weight. Mm-hmm. I need to be careful with my diet. There may be some things that I, that I eat that inflame and aggravate perhaps depression. So mm-hmm. uh, there's like, for example, with me, you know, I've, I have a family history of high cholesterol. Mm. All the guys in my family, high cholesterol. Mm. So I have to watch that. So what do I do? Well, I try to watch my diet. I, I exercise regularly. I try to watch my weight. I try to do everything that I can on the physical side. Yeah. But at the same time, I take a medication that lowers my cholesterol. Yeah. Why? It's not a spiritual issue. I mean, I can I can do my part, and if I pray two more hours a day, that's not going to help my cholesterol. Yeah. Why? It's not a spiritual issue. It's a medical issue. Right. Right. They're they're just we can't run away from those genetic factors, can we? Absolutely not. Yeah. And it, and it is it. <laughs> It's like it's too bad, uh, and we feel I feel bad for somebody who they have a genetic proclivity towards high cholesterol, plaque de- developing in their arteries, leading to a stroke or a heart attack. I feel bad for them, um, but it just means that yes, please do all that you can to 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 change and modify your diet and take those what are they called? I forgot the type of medications, but the medications that deal yeah the statins statins yes uh huh um, and. Uh, but it, it on the on the other side, if somebody's they've tried their very best, but it, those feelings of blueness and there's no other there's no other reason why they feel so down, um, they need to go talk to somebody. Absolutely, and I tell people, don't go talk to your pastor. Go talk to your doctor. <laughs> if it's a spiritual issue, talk to your pastor yeah. or you know a, a, a spiritual mentor. Yeah, but. You know, if, if it's a medical issue, and also, Sean, they've so much research in recent years about uh, hormonal depression, a seasonal depression. Sean, you and I, we've had friends mm-hmm. who've had traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. and one of the negative consequences of that yeah. can be depression. Those are all medical issues because yeah. it has to do with uh, medical concerns that uh, very often a, a doctor can really give great guidance and help. Yeah. And a lot of people have been helped. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe you don't fully get out of the, the fog, but you see sunshine more often than not. Yeah. And that's good news. I, I wonder if also there's this essence of, well, I'm ashamed of the fact that I, I, I can't get out of this depression, that I, I require certain medications that, that boost my... Uh, my my biochemical um, uh, what things that are there. So I mean, should should a Christian feel ashamed? Should they feel ashamed about telling people about that? Absolutely not. Not any more than a diabetic should be embarrassed about taking insulin. No more than you should feel guilty for taking high blood pressure medication. No. No more than I should feel guilty for taking cholesterol medication. Mm. Why do we put depression in a separate category? Yeah, it makes no sense, mm-hmm. and it's this stigma that somehow it's your fault. Yeah. It's somehow uh, 
I can't control my cholesterol or you can't control your high blood pressure. You can't control your diabetic. But, you know, if somebody's depressed, they can get over it. Mm. And that's just uh, waving a magic wand that does not exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a, you, you mentioned there, the, there's the genetic factors, but what, what was, what's the other part that can lead us into depression that we can do something about? Well, again, so much research in recent years have found more in the, the psychological cognitive causes mm-hmm. of depression, things like childhood, negative family background, uh, things like stress, uh, a significant loss, a, mm-hmm. a death in a family, traumatic experiences. Uh, uh, Sean, we've seen P- PTSD uh-huh. uh, with soldiers coming back from uh, war very often will uh, suffer greatly with depression. Yeah. So these are more of the psychological cognitive causes. So as in the first category, I, I would say uh, go see your doctor. In the second category, I would say go see a Christian counselor. Mm. Uh, you, you need to be able to share those things to get them out. Very often people bottle them up rather than get them out. And mm-hmm. sometimes just having a compassionate, caring, listening ear that can also give some guidance and direction, which a Christian counselor can do, can make all the difference in the world. Mm. Are there, uh, you know, I, of course, books, there's there's a lot of books now. I mean, I, actually, I think probably before the 1980s, there weren't a lot of books um, that talked about depression or talked about um, dealing with the uh, uh, rearranging cognitive uh, behaviors in our lives. But, uh, boy, there's a lot now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if, if people are suffering with depression caused by things like uh, negative family background issues, mm-hmm. kind of this second category, go go check out great Christian psychologists, Christian psychiatrists, one of my favorites, uh, it's, he's in, uh, his books are rather old now, but I think they may still be in print, Archibald Hart. Mm. Archibald Hart helps so many people <clears throat> understand depression, understand adrenaline loss, mm. uh, serotonin levels, things like that. Words that we couldn't even pronounce. <laughs> yeah. And Archibald Hart opened that whole world up. Other Christian psychologists... Uh, and psychiatrist Minerthan Meyer, uh-huh. uh, all of the uh, the materials and resources they have published, very very helpful. James Dobson, Doctor James Dobson, years ago opened up for many many Christians the world of Christian psychology. Yeah, which in the old days you didn't think those two words could be used in the same sentence. How could a Christian be a psychologist mm-hmm. or a psychiatrist? Yeah. And, uh, those those guys like Archibald Hart, Minnith Meyer, Dobson, opened up the world, uh, and it was a world of help mm-hmm. for so many many people who suffered with depression. Right. We were talking before the before we started the podcast about a book that both you and I got a lot of help out of, and that was by uh, David Siemens, Healing for Damaged Emotions. Yeah, he, and he wrote several books, and I think they're still in print too, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, at the top of the list with him, the healing of damaged emotions. Absolutely. I used to teach small groups. We'd go through that book together. Wow. And I saw people liberated, absolutely liberated from damaged emotions from their past yeah. and just really set free 
to no longer be controlled by those. Yeah. You know, now, Rick, I think that there, there is something to be said about we can't allow um, these strongholds from the enemy uh, to develop in our life. And usually the strongholds are like bitterness and anger uh, and rage, um, a lot of unsatisfactory or just deep wounds and trauma from our past. Um, would you say, let's say that, that, I, that I agree. I, I don't think that my depression is, is biochemical. It's not a medical issue or genetic factor. It really is, I keep on getting stymied by my past. And there's unexplained anger that I have towards, uh, towards people. Um, what would you say to them? Uh, yeah, I, I promise you Jesus would say one word, mm. forgive. Wow. When, when we don't forgive, we end up paying the price. It is yeah. the strangest thing. Um, we think somehow by holding bitterness and anger, unforgiveness toward another person, that we're punishing them. Mm. I mean, this is the proverbial shoot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. when you don't forgive other people. They sleep like a baby and you stay awake all night worrying and fretting and being anger, filled with anger and bitterness. Yeah. Um, that's why Jesus taught, when you study the Gospels, why he taught so much on the importance and the power to forgive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to punish you. It was to liberate you right. from the bondage of bitterness. Right. And I think that you and I, uh, we both know people that have been through a series of depression in their life. And uh, perhaps part of it lent towards um, some um, neurotransmi- neurotransmitter disorders in their life, but mostly the root cause was actually dealing with the frustration uh, of not having the tools that they needed. And the number one tool, as you just mes- mentioned, was forgiving, forgiving someone. So what do you say to someone that is in that category? I mean, they don't, they might say to you, well, my dad doesn't deserve forgiveness for what he did to me or did to my family. You could say you're probably right. Yeah, uh, Forgiveness is not something we give to a person who deserves it. Uh, we give it because we need it mm. and because they need it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if, if, a per- if you're waiting around for the people who abused you, if you're waiting around for them to come and apologize and ask your forgiveness, you'll be waiting a long time. And you'll be waiting in misery. And mm-hmm. unforgiveness, and and you will, you will pay the price. Is, could you say that in some circumstances, the the flip side of of joy? Okay, looking at the dark side of the coin, is could it be unforgiveness, that lack of grace? I think so, and that's where uh, Scripture again is so clear that you have been given so much grace. And maybe that's where we start is having this gratitude for what God has forgiven me. If he has forgiven me this much, surely, surely I could forgive someone who hurt me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that that's why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. Not in yourself, but rejoice in the Lord. You You don't rejoice in circumstances. You don't rejoice because other people ask you to forgive them. No, your your joy is found in your relationship with God. And that's what elevates your joy to a level that's way above 
the circumstances and chaos that you may be enduring in your life. Okay, so what is the role of prayer then as a means of fighting that depression in your life? And you'll notice in, in the passage we looked at Sunday, prayer is right in the middle of this. Yeah. Right where Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's also where he says, don't worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what do we do? We present these things to God. Present your request to God, and then the payoff, the benefit, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind hmm. in Christ Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He says, God has a peace that you cannot figure out, you cannot explain. It makes no sense, but it's very real, very authentic, very genuine, and it guards two things. It'll guard your your heart. Think about you know when you just feel certain things. Well, God says, I'll give you a peace that that'll guard guard your heart. It'll guard your feelings. Yeah. And then it'll guard your mind. All the negative talk that we tend to get into uh-huh. that's so destructive that God says, listen, if, if you will, uh, instead of keeping it on the inside, if you will give it to me, if you'll release it out of your life, talk about it, kind of helps to talk about it out loud, mm-hmm. I believe, in prayer. Mm-hmm. When you pray out loud, you hear your own words. Sometimes that puts it in perspective right yeah. there. But you also know that God is listening. And, and it's a God who loves you and, compa- and is full of compassion and, and loves you passionately. Yeah. So just to me, the role of prayer is getting it out of the inside instead of bottling it up where it grows and festers. You get it out, you present it to God, and God gives you a, a peace. And John, I've just seen it hundreds and hundreds of times in people's lives who have gone through terribly traumatic experiences, loss, and yet they have a peace that even people around them look and it's it's evident, it's clear. And people say, how could that person have so much peace? Yeah. It, it's a gift from God. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a hard question, Rick. I mean, what if... <clears throat> is, is, why doesn't God heal my depression. If I've got, if I've been dealing with it for years and years, and I've prayed and prayed, I've, I've seen counselors, but God, why doesn't God heal me? The same reason He doesn't heal the diabetic, <clears throat> or the guy with high blood pressure, or the guy with cholesterol. Now, sometimes He does, but we all know that often He doesn't, and we also know that with every human being, ultimately He won't. It's yeah. called death. Yeah, We have to realize and remember, Sean, that we live in a fallen world. This is earth, not heaven. Mm. And we have to realize that sin has infected everything in our world. It, and because of that, it has affected everything. Uh-huh. I believe, Sean, even to the genetic and the biological level. We know it has because we were created to live and yet we die. Why? Yeah. Because sin brought the curse, and it obviously got down, I mean, this sounds kind of wild, but it got down to the level of, of, the, of the genetic and the biological level of every human being. So there are going to be things that we suffer with until the day we die. Yeah. But for the Christian, that's the hope of heaven. 
All right. Thanks so much, Rick, for reminding us that ultimately the victory does come through Jesus Christ. And uh, is there anything else that's going on uh, that we ought to be looking forward to? Well, this Sunday, uh, Sean Lee, you're preaching. Yes, I am. I'm excited because this is the last step in our series, How to Enjoy the Rest of Your Life. And what a, what a climax Paul ends on, and that is contentment. Mm. If people don't discover the, the joy that comes by being content, yeah. they, there is no way they will ever enjoy the rest of their life. Amen. But the opposite is true. The people in my life that I have found who have a contentment, they just enjoy their lives at yeah. a level that other people uh, envy. Right. So I'm excited to hear your comments this Sunday. Mm. And I know it's a little early, but Easter's coming. And April 11 and 12, uh, that weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning, we have Easter at Grace, going to be a great celebration. I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. All right. Hey, thanks so much uh, for being with us, Rick. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at roselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.